You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 293, I think. Uh, I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of bleedinggreennation.com. We are coming to you on a glorious, sunny, but cold Monday morning here in the Philadelphia area after the Philadelphia Eagles eviscerated the Tennessee Titans uh, a day ago. Brandon... How are you doing, buddy? And also, uh, where can I find the finest meat snacks in the land? Ho, 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 Jimmy. <laughs> the holiday season is upon us. Oh, uh, is, some, is, there, is there big news coming here with the meat snacks? Then there's big news when it comes to Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, which you can get by going to RighteousFelon.com and using discount code BGN20. That's right, BGN20. I mean, Jimmy, can you imagine a better stocking stuffer than Righteous Felon, Kraft Jerky? What does 20 on the end of that BGN 20 mean, Brandon? Well, Jimmy, that means 20% off your order. So usually, you know, it's BGN 15, <gasps> but right now it's BGN 20 for 20% oh, baby. off. That's right. Uh, Righteous Felon, Kraft Jerky is in the holiday spirit. <laughs> they, they contacted me and they were like, you know what? We need to do right by the BGN radio listeners and give them a little bit of an extra discount. It's a great gift, honestly, uh, to get again, it's like a perfect stocking stuff for idea. Um, so do it, go to righteousfelon.com and use discount code BGN 20 for 20% off your order. You're going to want to do that because it's going to drop back down to 15 at some point. So do it now and get it. If you have never tried it, now is the time, but Jimmy, the Eagles have been loading up on the righteous felon craft jerky as evidenced by, <laughs> statement win how many people including us were talking about oh this titans team is tough Mm -hmm. they had the best record in the nfl i set it up last week uh since 2018 when Vrabel was hired as underdogs straight up they're a tough Mm -hmm. team they regardless of pretty much who they play against they they muck it up against those teams they beat they took the chiefs to overtime despite only completing five passes in a game with a rookie quarterback they uh they just beat they beat the Packers pretty, you know, convincingly on a Thursday night game. Um, Packers aren't great, but still. Uh, they beat Joe Burrow. Or, sorry, they lost to Joe Burrow, right? Yeah. But, like, the game, that game was pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, tough team. They're the bullies. They're physical. Didn't matter. Eagles just stopped. The Eagles out-bullied the bullies uh, yeah. on Sunday, quite frankly, uh, on both sides of the ball, offensively, defensively, along the lines. Uh, particularly, their defensive line was awesome. But I think we got to start with the offense uh, in this episode. And the the guy of the game, A.J. Brown, of course. The guy of the the game. I like that award. (laughs) Who the Titans incomprehensibly traded to the Eagles for not that big of a cost. The first round pick and some change. Uh, The pick that they wound up, uh, the the pick that they got from the Eagles, they wound up taking Traylon Burks, who actually made a phenomenal catch uh, in this game. Got knocked out on the play, of course. Uh, but AJ Brown, uh, guy of the game, official guy of the game for BGN radio episode number two ninety three. He had a big boy catch as Jalen hurts described it grown man catch. That was a second, uh, touchdown catch of the game where he, uh, it was a, it was a deep ball down the left side where, you know, we all, we saw this all throughout training camp where he shows quote unquote late hands doesn't oh, tip yeah. off the uh, defensive back that the ball is arriving and just at the last second, bang, catches the ball. It's a very subtle thing about his game. Uh, we can look at him and see his speed and his size and his explosiveness and tackle-breaking ability and all that stuff, but there are a lot of subtle things about his game that makes him the player that he is. 
Of course, he had the first touchdown of the game wiped off the board because his toe barely landed out of bounds, landed out of bounds. Next play, they go right back to him. He just runs over a cornerback out in his way. <laughs> he just ran him over and was just wide open down the field, makes a touchdown catch on, on that play. But on the day, uh, eight catches, 10 targets uh, for 119 yards, uh, two touchdowns. And just, uh, you know, I mean, he downplayed his, you know, looking forward to this game all throughout the week. And then even after the game, he sort of downplayed that it meant more to him than other games. But clearly it it did. And, uh, yeah, he came through in a big way. You know, had a foot injury, had an illness. It was mm-hmm. kind of like not as productive the last, what, four games, I guess, uh, than he was uh, throughout the first, you know, eight or nine games or whatever it was. Uh, to, to start the season, but he rebroke out in a big way uh, week 13 against his former team. And you know what? Good for him. Not a coincidence to me that the Eagles had their last complete game against the Steelers when AJ Brown went off and they had another one in this spot. Like maybe this sounds obvious, but I think his yards and his touchdowns and everything, they're not coming. He's not a, he's not a stat pattern. Those aren't like, you know, empty or garbage time yards or whatever. Like this is a guy who makes big, meaningful impact and we saw that against his former team uh he did admit after the game that like he had this circled on his calendar of course he did i mean that was obvious from social media he Mm -hmm. as recently as that aforementioned chiefs game he was like clowning on the titans for the fact that they didn't even have any receivers in that game i think log a catch (laughs) or whatever like so like come on and also insane decision by the titans to trade this guy like insane like what why why did they really do it so they could save money and to do what? What are they doing with that money? Like, you pay, you, so they so they could have money to pay good players. AJ Brown's mm-hmm. an amazing player, and I don't care even if Traylon Burks like turns out to be like quote unquote good. This isn't the Titans podcast, but I, I just think it's so insane that they traded him. Um, he's not AJ Brown. He's just he just isn't because many good players are not AJ Brown. He is phenomenal, and kudos to Howie Roseman for being able to do this. And I guess kudos to him for missing out on uh, the likes of like Robert Woods, who the Titans ended up getting, funny enough, and uh, Allen Robinson and all the other guys they were connected to there for a little bit and Calvin Ridley and everything um, because A.J. Brown was certainly the best of anyone that was available and they got him and they paid. It was a bargain. What they gave up for A.J. Brown was a flat out yeah, what bargain. Was it? It, was a, it was the one, of course. What, what it was, was the 18 other... overall. It was, the, but they gave up something else too. No, they didn't, right? I thought it was just the straight. It was up just pick. straight up. I, th- I I'm thought there was another sure. pick involved. I thought it was just 18 overall, like a simple hmm. swap. Um, but like that's crazy. That's such a that's like a no brainer. And you know, you give up the hundred million dollar contract, but going right for an elite receiver, so worth it. And you've seen the impact it's had on this offense, which, quite frankly, is unstoppable. I mean, that late hands touchdown catch. What do you do? How do you defend that? Like, yeah. You can't do anything. Can't. Like you, you can play textbook defense, have perfect coverage, and it doesn't matter. Guess what? You, you can't stop it. Um, and that kind of is the theme of this Eagles offense as a whole. I mean, last week, and I want to give the coaching staff, there's a lot of credit to go around. I mean, Jalen Hurts was obviously awesome, had a career day, moving the ball through the air. Kind of funny that I don't think we were saying this, but and I don't think everyone was saying this. I don't want to straw man this here, but mm-hmm. you know, there was some – discourse out there like well they need to pass more to really win and be sustainable they can't just run like they did against the Packers and I agree with that from a macro perspective but like are we forgetting that Jalen Hurts had some really good passing performances earlier this year and throughout this year it's not like he hasn't shown that ability and certainly he showed it again in a huge way in this game a week after they just so last week they kept it simple it was like so I, I really thought this is this is really nice to see the past two games, the Packers game and the Titans game coming off of the Colts game, where I thought the coaching staff, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen specifically, had an uncharacteristically bad performance. There's so much 13 personnel early in that game. I thought they really mm-hmm. overthought things. The past two weeks, not the case. Packers, bad run defense, run the ball. Titans, not as good at stopping the pass. Pass the ball. Boom. That simple. Take advantage of it. You don't have to you don't have to overthink it. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You have really talented players. Play to their strengths. Football doesn't have to be that complicated. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just doesn't. On your Titans receivers point, uh, Burks had the uh, – oh, by the way, first of all, uh, it was uh, A.J. Brown for the first round pick, 18th overall, and the 100 and, 101st overall pick, okay. which was at the tail end of the third round. 
Um, Burks had the 25-yard touchdown uh, reception. Great catch. Absorbed a huge hit by Marcus Epps. Helmet to helmet hit. I think that was accidental, really. Um, he got knocked out. You know what the Titans receivers did otherwise? <laughs> other than what that was it catch? Like 38 yards? Or, oh, other than that? Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like eight targets, three catches, 16 yards. <laughs> so, not a very good game for uh, the Titans wide receivers, uh, who, again, used to include A.J. Brown, no longer include A.J. Brown because he plays for the Philadelphia Eagles now. Uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles fans get to enjoy him, and the Tennessee Titans fans no longer get to enjoy him. But, yeah, on your point about last week and this week with the you know the, the insane uh, rushing yardage that they put up, 360-some-odd yards, and then uh, 380 yards through the air, the Eagles can just beat you in so many different ways. <laughs> and two different things, on two things on that. One, Jalen Hurts is the engine that drives that. Because he's so dangerous uh, with his with his legs, as he always was. I mean, he was already you know either one or one A or one B in terms of the best running quarterbacks uh, in the NFL, along with Lamar Jackson. And just the the steps that he's taken from last year to this year as a passer, he's one of the better passers in the league now. I I think from training camp to now too. I think he's gotten better. Like this, true. Yeah. So I just did. you can read this on phillyvoice.com, our, uh, my friends and listeners. But I just did a stock up, stock down of Jalen Hurts' performances this season. I have it nine stock up, yeah, three stock neutral, zero <laughs> stock down. He's not had a bad game so far this year. You cannot say that about any other quarterback in the league, I don't think. Like Mahomes has a bad game in there. Right? Josh Allen certainly does. Tua had one yesterday. So mm-hmm. – I mean, like, I don't know how many other quarterbacks can say they haven't yet had a bad game. So he can beat you, again, as a runner, as a passer. You take one of those two things away, he'll beat you the other way. And then also the offensive line, man, like, we already know they're an elite rushing offensive line, run game offensive line. But they can also pass protect, too. Like, Hurts got sacked twice in this game yesterday. It was clear that they were just going to drop back all day and try to pick apart the Titans secondary, which they did, of course. But they only they sacked him two times for five yards. Uh, I thought the offensive line did a great job in pass protection uh, yesterday and, and throughout the season. It's just an elite group. So you got this offensive line that can pass protect and run block, and you got this quarterback who can make plays with his legs and open up, you know, more opportunities for the running backs like Miles Sanders. And he has become, like I said, just a, a really, really good passer. Arguably top five in the NFL as a passer this year. Certainly top ten. Um, they're dangerous, man. And we've talked about them being Super Bowl contenders all season long, which clearly they are. Um, but they looked beyond that on Sunday. I thought they looked like a special team on Sunday. Now they haven't always been consistent from week to week looking that good anyway. Uh, but man, yesterday that was the best performance of the season so far, in my opinion. Yeah, but I mean, some of that stuff is just natural over the course of a season. You're not going to blow out teams every single week. Yep. It just doesn't doesn't happen. And they had a lull. I think, again, that's really not that uncommon for any great team, I think. And some of the things we saw in there, I don't think were characteristic of the team in terms of, you know, the turnovers and the Washington game and the commanders being able to play that style of football, which probably isn't going to work you know, over, you know, a, a bigger sample size. It worked in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly it just wasn't the Eagles night that night. Like it just, it wasn't, things were not going their way on the whole. Um, and then again, the uncharacteristic coaching performance against the Colts, I just thought that was so bad, like in in a really weird way. Uh, and then again, you can factor in maybe the Frank Reich revenge game weirdness yeah. of it all for Sirianni. Um, two points on things you said. One offensive line that was one of the things you can nitpick in this game in terms yeah, of the pre-snap sure. penalties. Yeah, and then yeah. the defense too. Josh Sweat had that offside penalty which extended the Titans' uh, sole touchdown drive, mm-hmm. and that was so weird. It was just like I'm not really worried about that. Obviously, is a, a thing that's going to continue, but it was just strange to me. Like you're at home, why are you having all these false starts? Like figure <laughs> it out. Yeah. Um, the refs certainly weren't reluctant to throw flags but i mean false starts you know is less of a gray area with those mm-hmm. so uh that's frustrating that's something you know they can they start, certainly they'll be able to clean up or work on uh certainly going into this week's game on jalen hurts i think it comes down to and wow what a 
big, uh, a lot of, what a lot of growth growth I've done when it comes to uh, the way I feel about him. It's kind of where it was with Nick Foles, a certain point where I, I just trust him. I trust him out there. He's everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to, he's not going to make dumb mistakes like we've seen some Eagles quarterbacks do in the past. He's not going to be erratic. He's going to make the plays they needs to make. Uh, he started. He keeps doing this weird thing. And I've heard, you know, our good friend Bo Wolf note this too. And I, I feel like I keep seeing this where I have like these underthrows early in the games. He, he kind of did that in the Steelers game. He, yeah, he sure hopped one to was it was it Devonte by the sideline? Yeah, it was. Or was it AJ Brown? It was Devonte. Should have been an easy first down along the left uh-huh. sideline. I also thought, you know, the touchdown throw to Devonte. By the way, Devonte Smith also very good. Yeah, uh, I thought that throw was like underthrown too. Um, didn't matter because he caught it for the touchdown. But anyway, uh, I think going back to Hertz. Like in what you're saying about um, like the belief in this team as a whole, it does go back to him, and it's just like you're, the Eagles are in good hands with him. This is like Allstate here, not a sponsor necessarily. <laughs> I don't know, maybe they are, but um, yeah, I, I just feel like I trust him. Like he's going to do the right thing, and he's going to make big plays. In addition to, he's like not going to just he's not a game manager. He's not just going to execute the offense. He's going to do that, but he's also going to make big plays. I thought some of the things we saw from him as a passer were like new and improved in terms of those throws up to the seam to Jack Stoll. That's not something he was doing. Right. And because you talked about this too, I think on Twitter where, or in your article where, you know, Jalen Hurts last year and in the past, typically throwing a lot of passes to that right side of the field, not really utilizing the left and literally fewer pass attempts over the middle of the field than any other quarterback last Mm -hmm. year. Now that's the whole field's in play. And those passes up the seam to, to Jack Stoll, I thought were really nice. And they were like in tight windows too. Those weren't just like always wide open throws. Right. And also those dump downs to Kenny Gainwell. I thought that was huge because that's not something I think we've seen out of him. I feel like mm-hmm. the typical Jalen Hurts check down that I've seen in the past is one to the flat that goes for like two yards. And it's kind of frustrating because it doesn't really, you know, accomplish a whole lot. Whereas these ones, he was kind of getting to them earlier in his progression too, or like he looked downfield, didn't see anything. Okay, boom, quick out to Kenny Gainwell. He just scoots for five, seven yards, whatever it is. Um, and Kenny Gainwell, I thought looked more effective than ever, uh, in that way. And I think that's a hard thing for Hertz to do sometimes because of the lack of his height and on some of those throws, I think you even saw him kind of like fake pump fake a little bit to make sure he got the line, maybe jumping up in the air and trying to mm-hmm. bat it down and then throwing right after that. So they couldn't knock it down. But like, those are new things for him, at least to me. Yeah. Like, I, I, that's why I, I said earlier, like, I think he's gotten even better as the season has gone along. So I couldn't be more impressed with Jalen Hurts. He right now, especially with Mahomes losing, I mean, like he has to be the MVP. On your trust point, he just doesn't make mistakes too. Like he's got three interceptions this season, and two of them. So one of the interceptions was uh, the the ball that the deep ball against the Commanders that actually landed in AJ Brown's hands. It went yeah. through the defender's hands first, and then landed in AJ Brown's sure. hands, and then the defender wrestled it away. But there's nothing wrong with that throw whatsoever at that mm-hmm. point in the game. Take a shot down the field. Uh, to try to help jumpstart your offense turned into an interception, but certainly not his fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then against, uh, I forget who it was, the Vikings, I believe. Yeah. The little dump down to, to Gainwell that right. bounced off his hands and into the hands of, of a Vikings defender certainly wasn't his fault. The only interception that was definitively his fault was against the Jaguars in that super rainy, windy game. Yeah. I think it was Andre Cisco that got him. And that, it, that was, and a, it was a six, tar- if I recall, right? A, yeah, it was a target to Pascal. Too. It was like, Maybe don't force a throw in the rain <laughs> to Zach Pascal on the run as you're rolling left. So yeah, just a uncharacteristically odd decision. But that's it. It's the one. It's the one interception that is definitively his fault this season. And and then the fumbles. You know, we lived through a, a few years of Carson Wentz just giving the ball away on fumbles and just like horrendous pocket presence, uh, trying to do too much on plays and and giving the ball away. He had two fumbles, I think, against the Houston Texans, but otherwise it, yeah. it has not been an issue for him. I think he had a drop uh, pick this... in the Cardinals game or like a pick that was reviewed and overturned. Like it was close. It should have been a pick. That's, like, yeah, I don't that's think true. it was. Yeah. It should have been. I'm, but he, that has, there hasn't been a lot of that, unlike yeah. Dak Prescott, if you watch the Cowboys game this year. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. Dak has had a lot of uh, uh, interception luck uh, this mm. season. But yeah, the, I mean, just so again, like just the one interception that's definitively definitively his fault, and then not that many others where uh, a, a ball should have been picked off but just wasn't. Mm-hmm. So you're right; like he's very tr- trustworthy, 
but also he's making plays down the like deep down yeah. the field. He's taking his share of shots. So it's not like he's uh, you know, like uh Sam Bradford check down mm-hmm. king like all game. You look at that spray chart of of Hertz, you mentioned, you know, he uh, a legitimate concern heading into the season or really more so uh, about his 2021 season was that he heavily favored the right side of the field and it's all it's he's stretching the field horizontally and vertically this season you look at his spray chart it's just all over the field uh from this Titans game and uh yeah i mean the eagles have themselves clearly a franchise quarterback and um i'm very clearly the best quarterback in the division uh, I think also very clearly the best quarterback in the NFC. Mm. They are clear favorites to get to the Super Bowl at this point. Yeah, I think that's the the key thing here. If you're talking about the Eagles as a Super Bowl contender, no, you're wrong. They're a Super Bowl favorite. It doesn't mean they yes. definitely will get there, but I'm saying like they've earned the status of this team is, I mean, obviously they're probably literally favored, but in terms of like earning that, not just being mm-hmm. the default, but, like they've earned that kind of status especially too when we should mention that the 49ers just lost Jimmy G for the year. And I don't think they're going to fall off the map entirely because it's still a tough defense. They still have some playmakers, but talking about the last pick in the draft, the literal last pick of the draft, Brock Purdy is uh, Uh, is their new starting quarterback. You know, and you know, we've always talked about, especially you, the value of playoff experience. And certainly that's something Jimmy G Mm -hmm. has, and this guy doesn't. So that's, you know, probably not going to serve them. Well, you like your chances, more so now, if the 49ers come to Philly, let's say for the NFC no Championship doubt. game with Brock Purdy instead of Jimmy G. Um, not to say, again, they're going to be a cakewalk because I still think they have a lot of things going for them. But if just, you know, we're looking at it here, it really feels like Eagles and Cowboys. Like those are the two teams really. Mm-hmm. Ser- and the Vikings, I know, are there, but man, I'm still not buying them. They, they're they like 9-0, and I think, in one score games this year. Like that's not sustainable. That doesn't held up over big trends like that. It's not just knowing how to win. Like there's, they're getting very fortunate. They have every, they've not had a game decided by more than one score since week one. And that was against the Packers. So I'm not buying the They had a sneaky, um, sneaky damaging injury uh, in their Sunday night win. I mean, they blew out the Colts. The Cowboys Sunday night win. The Cowboys. Yeah. yeah. Anthony yeah. Brown, they lost yeah. to, I think it was Starting a torn corner. Achilles. Yeah. Um, He's not that great of a player, but he's a starter opposite Trayvon Diggs, and that is one of their thinnest positional groups. So they're going to need somebody to step up there. And Trayvon Diggs, for as good of a playmaker as he is, we saw in that Sunday night game, he gave up a very easy touchdown because he jumped around. That didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> the ball didn't go that way. He jumped around and he left his receiver wide open uh, for a touchdown. So there's some good and bad with Trayvon Diggs, but then Diggs aside, they just don't have much at, at that cornerback position. And when you look at you know how the Eagles can can they can find a flaw in a defense and they can exploit it. And the Cowboys mm-hmm. have two. They're questionable run defense. And now, I mean, they are gonna have they're gonna have trouble covering offenses that have multiple weapons in their passing game. And the Eagles certainly have that in AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, uh, and Dallas Goddard. So or when Dallas Goddard returns, of mm-hmm. course. They have playmakers like uh, Trayvon Diggs can turn a game sure. on its head, as can Micah Parsons. And they they have other good pass rushers like Demarcus Lawrence and and um, Armstrong is 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 having a breakout season as well. So yeah, uh, they can make plays on defense, but they also have significant weaknesses that I think the Eagles can exploit. Yeah, also missing Jordan Lewis at cornerback, their slot mm-hmm. guy. Um, so just you know, not great for them in that regard. But get into some more Cowboys talk on the NFC East mixtape with RJ Ochoa. <laughs> right. right, subscribe, rate, review. We'll be talking about that uh, plenty on well we'll be recording on tuesday but the episode drops on wednesday mornings uh not only on the podcast feed but also check out the bleeding green nation youtube channel which is where the bgn radio post game show airs so make sure you're subscribed to that and checking that out if you aren't already let's wrap up with the offense here jimmy wanted mm-hmm. to mention that quez watkins left this game with an injury uh jeff McLean had noted that quez said he'll be okay but there was a report out from jeremy fowler about Quez suffering was it an AC joint sprain? AC joint sprain, and a little more background on that. There are three different grades of AC joint sprains: one, two, and three. Odell Beckham had a grade three AC joint sprain in 2021. Grade three is the worst of the three. 
uh, he didn't miss a game. So like, he got injured, I believe it was week six in 2021 when he was still with the Browns, played the next week. So it'll probably not cost Quez Watkins much time on the field. We'll see if he can return next week or not. Uh, but it is an injury that can be annoying for a player. Uh, it'll hurt him during the game and it'll potentially affect the way that he runs. So we'll see how that affects him on the field. He's had a, uh, he's been an, an impact player uh, the last, these last four games for the Eagles, maybe not so much in this past game against the Titans five. I think he had five catches for 20 something yards, 30 something yards, 30 something yards, I believe. Yeah. Five uh, for 37, 7.4 on six but over targets. the, over the last four games, he's, I think he has 14 catches on 17 targets. So he's been efficient uh, mm-hmm. for a little bit under 200 yards. And he has the two touchdowns, of course. So um, yeah, they'll need him to play, but Dallas Goddard is on his way back soon. He'll miss one more game uh, at least uh, this, this week uh, when mm-hmm. the, when the Eagles are in New Jersey to play the giants, uh, but he'll be eligible to return thereafter. And he seemed to indicate uh, in yeah. the locker room this week that he, <clears throat> excuse me, he thinks uh, he'll be good to go. By the way, also on the injury front, uh, Avante Maddox is eligible to come off of injured reserve this week. A little murkier on whether he'll be yeah. uh, elevated or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they it's can survive right? another week without him and against the Giants team that has basically all their receivers, <laughs> like their top four <laughs> receivers have been wiped out this year. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not like... Uh, Daniel Jones can can hurt you with his legs, uh, but isn't you know quite the threat with his arm that many other quarterbacks in the NFL are. So if there's any uh, concerns about Avante Maddox retweaking, it's a hamstring injury, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. uh, those those can linger. So I think the Eagles should play it safe to be determined. You know what they actually do with him this week. I agree with that. I would just add with Quez. Uh, little disappointing to me he didn't catch either of those targets he had down the field the first one I thought he was Hertz was pressured so he had to throw it a little bit earlier than ideally mm-hmm. he would have but still uh, it was a, a play that hit his hands and was catchable and then the second one too where he kind of just was able to track it in the air somewhat but not fully and actually complete the catch down the field that was negated by offsetting penalties on that play but still like I want to see him make one of those two catches like for the process standpoint of it all like for the for the confidence level of it all um and like not only not that I think Dylan Hurts is going to lose confidence in him or the coaching staff mm-hmm. necessarily but like hey man Goddard's out like this is your time to take advantage of these opportunities and you kind of have to keep making those plays even if it's going to get negated to kind of continue to have the ball go your way and justify that so uh it was a little disappointing to me I'm That's not going to yeah. Like, say it was an awful game for him, but I, I think he could have, you know, I wanted to see a little bit more from him. So that was disappointing. I put him in the I don't know section of my winners, losers, <laughs> and I don't know column. So it's like, you know, uh, I can't do the winners, but a little harsh to do the losers. So that's all I had on the offense. Are you ready to take a break, Jimmy? Yeah. Uh, one other thing I'll just mention real quick is uh, they got to pull their starters early. Uh, which is yes. always nice. A uh, little, little uh, reward for the starters. 940 left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And even before that, because there was a defensive possession before that, right? So they basically didn't have to play for any of the, I mean, almost none of the fourth quarter. Uh, Second time they've done that this year. The Steelers was the other Mm -hmm. game that was a blowout that they got to rest starters. Uh, Offensively and defensively, they rested starters for the most part, whereas they didn't pull the the defensive starters against the the Steelers, at least Mm -hmm. initially. So, yeah, uh, more on that, actually, when we get to the defense. But before we do, Brandon... if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, who do you want to contact, Jimmy? <laughs> Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors was voted by God as the greatest realtor in the history of the universe. And you can reach her at 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295. She's a super lady and a super real estate agent. Brandon? I want to see like an actual award or whatever on her website that is like, or like, you know, those testimonials <laughs> that they have from like yeah, people a quote. And then like, God, it's like Kristen <laughs> did a great job helping me with my house search, Kevin R. And then like, you know, like just like a couple names and then just like Kristen Roach is the best realtor. in the universe. <laughs> She actually, I, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause she actually does have a number of reviews and five stars across the yeah. board whether it be Google or Zillow or uh, realtor.com, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, it's legit. Like she, she has 
uh, her clients appreciate uh, her expertise and her availability. Back after this. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, it's time to talk about the Eagles' defense. Is it time to fire Jonathan Gannon? <laughs> defense is awesome, dude. Um, I think the obvious standout performances came by the pass rush because they did sack Ryan Tannehill six times. Uh, the aforementioned Josh Sweat had the bad uh, offsides penalty, but he also got to the quarterback three times, got a credit for two sacks, and then Hargrave, Cox, BG, and Reddick uh, each had one. Um, so, yeah, they got after the passer, but you can't get after the passer until you do the dirty work first. And they certainly did that uh, against the Titans' run game, more specifically Derrick Henry, the great Derrick Henry, who only got to carry the ball 11 times because the Eagles got a big lead and because it was ineffective. Carried 11 times, just 30 yards, 2.7 yards per carry, and a long rush of just six yards. The Titans offense that uh, got, I mean, the Traylon Burks touchdown aside, they just got nothing going all game long. Total domination, in my opinion, by the Eagles defense and good on Jonathan Gannon for sort of taking the Jim Schwartz approach to this game. Of course, the Jim Schwartz approach to this game is first and foremost, shut down the run, Mm -hmm. make the opposing offense one dimensional and then get after the passer. And I thought the Eagles were very successful in uh, adopting that approach from the man that they faced Jim Schwartz uh, and the Tennessee Titans uh, on Sunday. So yeah, five stars across the board uh, from me. Uh, on this Eagles defense. A gold star, if you will. Maybe mm-hmm. five gold stars, as Jim Schwartz would like to say. Um, yeah, I mean, the Eagles held the Titans to their second lowest point total and second lowest yardage total this season. The only time they were worse was when they got Bills? blown out by the Bills. Okay. Yep, all the way back in week two. It's a long time ago. Um, they certainly, you know, have, have had turned it around since their bye, I believe. Um, but, you know, Eagles run defense, what, 87 yards on 21 carries total? Uh, and some of those were in like garbage time at the end. Some of those were Ryan Tannehill scrambles too. Yes, and Malik on actual on pass plays. Yeah, um, uh, right. Tannehill had thirty-four yards on three scrambles. Um, Eagles have forty-two sacks, which is second most in the NFL. Uh, yeah. It's tied for the team's most through twelve games since nineteen ninety-one. One of the best defenses, not only in franchise history but like mm-hmm. NFL history. Uh, so just man, really impressive. And not only were they getting sacks, but they were like violent hits on Ryan, like yes. legally too, legally to be clear. Yeah. But there's like violent hits on Tannehill, just like kind of like destroying him and demoralizing him. Honestly, like that's not fun. If you're a quarterback and you're having to face that, like, you're like this sucks. Like this is awful. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought the defense did a great job. And I think maybe what's that? Oh, Charlie. Sorry. That Charlie. I, Charlie yeah. loves talking uh, pass rush. He's excited I think right now one of the most impressive things was that they didn't have a takeaway. I thought that's a good thing. Like obviously, you know, over the course of the season and more games, you Mm -hmm. want to force Turk. I'm not saying takeaways are bad, but I'm saying, I think there was some like 
is the Eagles defense living and dying by the takeaway? Because I don't think that's necessarily a good place to be. At some point, you have to force punts. You have to get stops. And the Eagles did that. They got the Titans with, I have to give credit for a team that's been very bad at tackling this year. I thought the Eagles were making great tackles across the board, like the cornerbacks, Marcus Epps had a tackle, like the linebacker, everyone, defensive line, everyone's making good tackles. And like you said, uh, as Jim Schwartz would say, they earned the right to rush the passer by forcing the Titans into third and long situations. Unlike, you know, kind of like the Washington game where the, they consistently allowed Washington to get into uh, third and shorts, third and manageable situations. And they took advantage. So, yeah, could not be more impressed. And again, glad there was no takeaway from the standpoint of like it wasn't just about that. It wasn't it wasn't counting on something that they couldn't control. Like they controlled it um, and they just dominated. It wasn't it wasn't just about gannon's theory of like making the other team try to mess up and hoping they're going to mess up at some point so yeah i like to see that that was good we have breaking news in the nfl Uh actually i mean this doesn't really matter but (laughs) but it's newsworthy the panthers oh yeah have waived this is old quarterback baker mayfield (laughs) this happened before we started recording oh did i didn't even know that okay you missed it (laughs) so anyway the the titans had you mentioned the, the lack of turnovers i know that i'm just looking this up right now as i'm talking but uh, the Britton Covey, I know, had six punt returns. I'm trying to find how many times they actually punted. Well, we'll they get to the punt, special team. They punted seven times. So the Titans punted seven times. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that just goes to your point that they didn't force turnovers, but they did force, I don't know how many three and outs, three and outs they had. But, um, yeah, they, the Titans just got nothing going all day. And, and, you know, I don't know that they were necessarily relying on turnovers as a crutch because they've they've had – comfortable wins all season long like they sure. they didn't they didn't lead the league in in takeaways i think they'd still have a a really good record anyway but I i'm agree. with you that it, it is nice to see them not get turnovers and still mm-hmm. kind of just dominate this way that, that this game right that the, the way that they did i agree um i mean defensive line across the board deserves credit you know how many guys got pressure i mean brandon graham had a sack Hassan uh, reddick had two half sacks josh sweat was you know, led the team in sacks. He was impactful, really just feasted on the Titans backup left tackle there. Um, not the first time Josh Sweat has absolutely just like dominated a backup uh, tackle. Um, <laughs> on the snap uh, counts, Javon Hargrave played, played the most snaps with, it was either 28 or 29, but an extremely low number <laughs> for yeah. like the highest defensive lineman. They have so many bodies on their defensive line. It's crazy because you have six defensive tackles who are going to be active every week. And you can just keep rotating those guys in and out, keep their snaps down. That's going to be a big advantage in January oh, yeah. when the playoffs roll around because those guys are going to be fresh and rested. Other teams that don't have that kind of depth are not. And then even like on the edge, Josh Sweat didn't play a ton. Like, again, like I said, like the highest mm-hmm. number of snaps was 29. Josh Sweat, BG, uh, Hassan Reddick, they all kept their snaps down. Um, like you y- it's a it's a huge advantage to have a, a fresh defensive line uh, in January, and then like we saw some guys come in. Like last week, we saw Reed Blankenship come in, and he was up to the challenge of playing mm-hmm. for a guy that came out for an injury. And I thought the same thing this week. I mean, the game was already out of hand at this point, but I thought the same thing this week when Kaiser White came out yeah. and Nicobe Dean came in. Nicobe Dean played pretty well. He had five tackles. Yeah. He only had, I think he only played fifteen defensive snaps. And I know that he had some a TFL. Of his, at least one of his tackles was on special teams. I don't know how many of, ta- of his five tackles were in the regular defense, mm-hmm. but he had, I think, at least three within the regular defense. And like you said, he had a tackle for loss. Like the first play of the game that he was in, he not only got a tackle, but he also it was also held on the play. Yeah. So, like, he was around the – like, he was he was flying all over the field and, mm-hmm. and was in on a lot of plays uh, in the short amount of time that he played. And just looking – not to, you know, stray too far away from this Eagles-Titans matchup, but – you look at like this off season, they have a lot of free agents and mm-hmm. they, their two starting linebackers are both going to be free agents, TJ Edwards and, um, and Kaiser white. They're probably not going to be able to keep both of them. So my feeling is they'll probably prioritize Edwards over Kaiser. So if Kaiser does leave in free agency, maybe this is some encouraging signs that Nicobe can step in and be your starter alongside TJ Edwards in 2023 and beyond. Agree, and also maybe it's a sign that hey, you need to get him like some rotational snaps in here. Maybe yeah, find ways to get him on the field from time to time, um, especially if the defense needs that boost. Maybe, you know, everything's going great. Maybe not. Don't force it. But uh, if there are opportunities, you know, figure them out. 
going back to the defensive line of it all, Fletcher Cox also having his best stretch. He had like a seven game stretch where he didn't have a sack dating back to week three, past couple games. Uh, he has won in each of them. And I don't think that's an accident going back to what I talked about on the podcast last week, where in the games where he's played, you know, fewer snaps, they, they keep the magic number for him has been like 66%. You keep mm-hmm. him under 66% of the snaps and he's been productive this year. And I don't think that's an accident. So yeah, it's not only good for the long term in terms of keeping guys fresh for the playoffs. It's also more effective now. Like just the, the what players are able to contribute, I think in smaller doses where they can go harder. Uh, and the most impressive thing of all, they did it without Robert Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor Robert was, Quinn. He, he got his bye week finally. He did deserve a week off. You think that you think that had anything to do with it? He, he didn't get his bye week earlier in the year. I wonder. Was, I mean, he was. I think, he was a late. Just real yeah. quick, he was a late addition to the injury report. He showed up on the injury report on, on Friday. Friday. Yeah. With what? Yeah. A knee, was it a knee? Yeah. So. He's been disappointing since they traded for him. Five games, I think. Two tackles, two QB hits, if I recall. Um, So he's been closer to Ryan Kerrigan than he has to Chris Long, for example, um, in terms of the old guy, edge rusher. So my apologies for this background noise, by the way. People across the street are having trees and shrubs and bushes. Chopped, chopped up, up. Out, yeah it's jinx like the, yeah yeah like in fargo <laughs> oh no geez what a visual <laughs> but Don't not that up, kids but trees not humans going into jeez the they had to say it too <laughs> why would you put that visual all right anyway i'm gonna take us away from that um i don't even know what we're talking about what are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> How do we get uh, on we were that? talking about uh, Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn got the day off, basically. Yeah, I think we'll they're, see. and you know, we saw Hargrave kind of step up after the bye week. Like his production, he, he said, like getting he's got that eight one sacks week. now. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> should probably be making a second straight Pro, pro Bowl, right? I mean, he leads. yeah, I mean, he's he's close to a lock at this point, I think. And uh, also, probably should be resigned because he's a free agent yeah. after this season. And you know, I don't think it's time for Cox to go, you know, he's coming on here, but come on. It's, it was time before this year. It's time. It's time now, especially if you can only keep one of those two guys, I think, uh, given snap count and pass rush ability and all. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just, you know, overall, uh, anything else left on the defense? I think there, you mentioned, uh, Blankenship. I he had another good game. Like he looks good out there. I trust, I yeah. trust him. Like it's, it's one game, but like, it's not like, Oh man, they instantly missed Chauncey Gardner Johnson. It's like, no, mm-hmm. like, Reed Blankenship's pretty good. Uh, it's not like he was tested in a major way with the Titans not having the most prolific passing attack, but still uh good first game as a full starter uh, for him. Uh, anything else? They'll survive with him um, the next few weeks, because, this week, because you had a run-heavy Titans team. You'll have a run-heavy uh, Giants team this week. You'll have a run-heavy Bears team the following week. The game that you have to maybe be concerned about would be the Cowboys, of course, um, where they would certainly be better off with Chauncey Gardner Johnson than Reed Blankenship. Like, let's be real. <laughs> but yeah, but he's played well in, in, in his opportunities here so far. Let's get to special teams uh, before well, we one last thing on Blankenship. And then, sorry, I wanted to mention Josiah Scott too, because um, okay. you mentioned the N'Kobe Dean factor when it comes to Kaiser White and TJ Edwards. Blankenship, like Marcus Epps and CJ DJ are both going to be free agents. So how does he, how does his play? And if he continues to play well, factor right. into that. Probably don't bring both back. I don't know if you were ever anyway. So that's something to watch. And last thing I'll say, one of the few losers uh, from the Eagles side of things in my winners, losers and columns, uh, winner, losers, I don't know column on bleedinggreennation.com was Josiah Scott, you know, gave up that touchdown to Traylon Burks. You know, tough play. Like Burks goes up and gets it. It's a good throw. It's a good catch. But, you know, there is something to like him being a clear like weak point on the defense. He's gotten and I don't want to crush yeah, yeah, I don't want to crush him because, like, again, I think he's done reasonably well for what you can expect from, like, a backup slot corner who was brought in like he was as, like, you know, they traded a day three pick, future day three pick for him. Um, and I think if Josiah Scott has to start, like, a game or two for you, like, you can get by with that. But mm-hmm. if you're just seeing that this isn't ideal, you know, over an extended course of time. So nothing, like, I don't want to, again, crush him, but it's just not ideal. It's a weak point of the defense. Opposing offenses have been successful getting him matched up against their best receivers too, uh, yeah. out of the slot. So yeah, they're clearly uh, probably, attacking him. That's probably something that is a little bit on Gannon as well uh, for exposing him to that. But um, but yeah, I agree. He's 
he's uh, he's he's been a troublesome spot uh, in in relief of Maddox. So when Maddox gets back, whenever that is, uh, they'll be fine there again. Yeah, actually, before we get to special teams, probably should point out some other some like they got contributions from a lot of. I mean, barely even role players like Jack Stoll is definitely a role player, a legit role mm-hmm. player on this team. Three catches for 41 yards. Career uh, game for him. Mentioned to Kobe Dean already. Kenny Gamewell, three catches for 38 yards, as you mentioned earlier. Grant Calcaterra had a 19-yard reception. Yeah. The, the You know, Stoll and Calcaterra combined four, uh, four catches on four targets for 60 yards. It's the best yeah. game that the reserve tight ends have had you, in relief. You will Dallas sign up Goddard. for that with Dallas Goddard out. <laughs> and then on special teams... You had three big hits. So the much maligned uh, Eagles special teams made mistakes all season long, uh, had really bad coverage issues uh, against the Packers. Three big hits, one by Christian Ellis, one by Nicobe Dean, and one by Andre Sachere. Their coverage units were really good in this game. Uh, Britton Covey, as we mentioned earlier, had six punt returns, averaged 17 and a half yards per return. Covey looked like a good returner against the Titans. It was kind of like, hey, maybe this guy can actually do something. So special teams were this was this was easily the special team's best game of the season, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean they were just not not only not a liability. I forget how many negatives I've thrown in there. They were they, it wasn't <laughs> like okay, wow, they weren't a liability this week. Let's celebrate. No, they were like a strength. They were great. Sure, kickoff coverage unit. Uh, Bounce back in a big way. You have to give credit. Speaking of role players, if I don't remember if you said this already because my connection was kind of cutting in now. But uh, Christian Ellis, you know, they call him up from the practice squad, and he puts a big hunt, big hit on the Titans punt returner. Uh, also made some other good tackles uh, on special teams. Covey, like this is a crazy performance. I, I saw some some sentiment out there like, see, you guys were too quick to give up on Britain Covey. Not like majorly, <laughs> but I saw some of it out there and I'm like, not really. Like, I think people were reasonably frustrated <laughs> with the lack of production they were getting there considering he had 19 punt returns for 130 yards. at a 6.8 average and along a 15 this whole season before this game where he had six for 105. Like he almost outproduced his season total in this one game. And it's not even like he had just one long return to do that. Um, his long was 27. He had a 17.5 average. Uh, it's the second highest yardage of any punt returner this year, just behind uh, Marcus Jones and the Patriots. It was really impressive. Uh, it wasn't just like, I thought, uh, poor special teams coverage by the Titans. Like He made some guys miss. He put some jukes on people and got to open field and, and made good decisions and, and looked it out there. Um, I don't know if I still believe in him as like a, a, a big threat to take it to the house. I think he lacks that kind of juice. And that kind of speed, the way, you know, like someone like elite returner like Sproles does. But, hey, I mean, you'll sign anything you can get from special teams giving you even better starting field position. Like, you'll take that. So, yeah, awesome game by Covey and certainly uh, has earned the right to to get some heat off of him. So, big picture, you look at this win and um, they're 11-1. and They have five games left. When you just look at sort of the landscape of the NFC – you have the Cowboys, who are still two games behind the Eagles. They will have any tiebreaker pretty much uh, between right. them and the Eagles should they wind up with the same record. You have the Vikings one game behind. That's essentially a two-game lead for the Eagles again because the Eagles beat the Vikings head up. So, um, oh, I should note, of course, the Cowboys would have to beat the Eagles uh, right. later this season for them to uh, win a tiebreaker. But uh, five games left, the Eagles have to lose at least two of them for them to relinquish the one seed uh, in the NFC. So they're in a real position of dominance here. And when you look at the rest of their schedule, they have the Giants twice, they have the Bears, they have the Saints, and they have the Cowboys. And um, this Titans team looked like, Cowboys aside, the biggest obstacle to them mm-hmm. uh, in terms of surviving a game and you know not dropping one of these final half dozen games left on their schedule. So... They put the Titans in the rearview mirror emphatically. Huge win, in my opinion, uh, in, in you know on Sunday. I have a tease for uh, the NFC's mixtape, so listen to that. You're going to have to now to hear my riveting thoughts <laughs> on. I'm not afraid of the Cowboys at all, but there is something I'm afraid of about that matchup in that game. So, okay. 
hear what that is. That is my biggest concern. More than anything the rest of the season, that one thing that I'm thinking of is the biggest concern the rest of the way. All right, now that I've teased that, last couple thoughts I wanted to say. I meant to bring this up on the offensive section. Uh, since the week six bye that the Titans had, their defense was allowing to 16.2 points per game and 318.3 yards per game. Eagles more than doubled that, 35 points mm-hmm. on offense. And then for the yardage total, they had about almost like what one. So they had 453 yards of offense. Yeah, like that's crazy. And 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 they could have had more if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot so much earlier in the game with all those dumb penalties, uh, yeah. which were like self-inflicted mistakes, not anything the Titans were doing so great. And then if they didn't pull their starters with about like in in the fourth quarter, so like right, yeah, you know, exactly. that's that's just adding more context to how impressive a performance it was. And then for Hurts specifically, you look up like the other top MVP candidates what they did against the Titans defense. I mean, Josh Allen was great, um, mm-hmm. but he threw for uh, about sixty fewer yards than Jalen Hurts did. They had the same amount of total touchdowns with four each, and a slightly less, pa- a slightly worse passer rating, slightly worse completion percentage. Um, so close, but Hertz edged him out. Uh, Burrow was significantly worse. Only had one touchdown, 91.0 passer rating. And Mahomes had 446 yards, but the... He did in that game, 446? Well, How did, they get, it went how did that to, game go to overtime? That's crazy. It went that's to overtime, crazy. and he threw the ball 68 freaking times because <laughs> oh, the Titans okay. could yeah, stop yeah, the that, run. That so okay. he was not, was not an efficient 446 yards. <laughs> right. That was more about like the volume. And then he also had one touchdown, one interception. He did have a rushing touchdown, but he had an 80.9 pass rating. Point of yeah, all yeah, that yeah. being, yeah. Hertz easily had the best performance against any of those like MVP kind of caliber quarterbacks mm-hmm. against this Titans defense, which just, you know, puts it into perspective, makes it all that more impressive. Hertz is the first player in Eagles history to produce 300 plus passing yards, three plus passing touchdowns, and one plus rushing touchdown in a single game. Like the only other performance that's comparable to that, and I think Vic was 17 yards shy of this benchmark, was Michael Vick in the Monday Night Massacre back in yeah. 2010. Like that's the kind of level of dominant performance. Obviously, you know, Vic was, I would say, better in that game than Hertz was in this game. Just he had like, what, six touchdowns or whatever. But it's on that level. It's like that's that kind of impressive of a performance that we just saw from Jalen Hurts yesterday. So, uh, yeah, every reason to feel good about the Eagles. Nothing about them. This is not fluky. This is like legit. The quarterback's great. The offense, so many ways they can beat you. And it's not even at full form because Goddard's not even here and he's coming back. Like the defense is finding themselves and, uh, you know, putting more inspiring uh, coming off this performance, especially. Um, I just, the special teams, (laughs) special team, can the special, there's hope for the special teams unit. Apparently they might not be a total disaster. So every reason to think, Eagles are the best. If the Eagles aren't number one in everyone's power rankings, which are very important, well, but most for sure they will be with the Chiefs' I mean, loss. On that's Sunday. what I mean. Yeah, like, no how doubt. can they not be? If, but like, yeah. there will be people who try to outsmart themselves and put like I don't know the Bills back up there. No, it's the Eagles. I think the Eagles, Bills, and Chiefs are all in the same tier still. To me, I still think that's like a clear tier at the top. Um, the Eagles man. are the best team in the league. But yeah, they're the most Eagles complete. Are they're number the most one complete in that tier. team in the league. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I will play De- I will play De- Debbie Downer here for one quick uh-oh. second though. Uh, Why would you do that? Tight- <laughs> that was such a good rant by me. <laughs> it was a good rant. I agree. Uh, but it is fair to note Titans did have a lot of injuries. So the Danico Autry sure. was out for this game. Um, Harold Landry has been out for the whole year. It doesn't really you know fact. I mean certainly everyone they've played has been hasn't had to worry about Harold Landry. Uh, Christian Fulton, their best cornerback went down during this game. They were missing their slot corner, Elijah Molden, Derek, uh, David Long, their, uh, their very good linebacker got hurt in this game. The, I think the most of the second half, I believe at least, um, they were missing, uh, Caleb Farley, who was a number one, he wasn't a starter, but a number one pick of theirs. And you mentioned earlier, they were without, um, they were playing with backup Dennis Daly, uh, at left tackle, but they've been playing with him all year. They lost Taylor Lewan right. in uh, week two. So, you know, the Eagles did have some advantages in being able right. to attack, you know, certain uh, aspects of this Tennessee team. Uh, this Tennessee team was missing a lot of a lot of their best players. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's still no doubt that, that the Eagles performed to an extremely high level on Sunday, no doubt. Any final thoughts, Jimmy? 
Yeah. Uh, one quick thing also on the Saints, who, Ooh. again, we're recording this on Monday morning. They play the Buccaneers tonight mm. on Monday Night Football. If you play around on 538.com, or at least if you did prior to this weekend's slate of games, uh, like I did, they were, I don't know if this is still true, but they were 8% likely well, to make the playoffs. about their division. It's not like about them getting a wild card spot. Right. So they're 8% to win to, to make the playoffs. If they beat the Buccaneers on Monday night, that jumps up to like 25%. If they lose to the Buccaneers, it's like less than 1%. So this is a pretty big game uh, for the Eagles, uh, for the Saints draft pick, which of course is owned uh, by the Eagles. Um, big game to, for, for Eagles fans to kind of watch and, and hope for the Saints uh, demise. It'll all but clinch yes. the Eagles a top 18 pick in the 2023 draft, but certainly uh, will be much higher than that if they lose this game. Uh, right now, what are they, it's sixth, I think. And if they yeah. lose this game, it'll probably be uh, fifth. I think it only moves up one spot on tiebreakers or whatever. Uh, but yeah, certainly that, that pick looks like it's going to be a big one. So yeah, that'll just serve as my final thought this week. Yeah, neat. it's a must it's a must-lose game for the Saints. Must-win game for the Bucks from the Eagles' perspective. Neat mm-hmm. got to root hard for the Bucks to be able to win this game. Doesn't have to be pretty. Just have to get that win and make sure they get the NFC South and the Saints do not. So agree with you there. And then final thought I had. Um, so I have some friends, Jimmy. Not football-related, sorry. Uh, I have some friends who have been dealing, let's say, with a neglectful uh, rental property management oh. company hmm. where okay. – a lot of security issues, like serious kind of like issues that have been like repetitive, repeated. Okay. And nothing has really been done other than like bare minimum window dressing. Um, literally in some cases, um, tinting windows to prevent crime, you know, really <laughs> that, that, that solves a lot. Uh, so, and, and I know they've exhausted a lot of options too, in terms of trying to address this, including like contacting, like everything you would think of, like contacting the company, like trying to have a conversation, trying to be like, hey, there are big security issues here. Like the, this door isn't locking and everything and really aren't getting an effective and timely response. So hmm. if anyone is out there who knows anything to do about that, because again, they've, they've tried to exhaust a lot of different avenues to getting this resolved. And it is not easy. It seems like uh, my understanding is there is a lot of, sadly, kind of too much maybe protection on the rental side of things and not enough Mm -hmm. to like actually ensure the safety and well-being, reasonably so, people who are paying good money uh, for, you know, for this rental property. So if anyone knows, if there's any kind of, you know, legal avenues or whatever, uh, what to do about that and has an effective method, reach out to me. You can email me. That's uh, brandon.gouton at espionation.com. You can email me and uh, I would like to hear from you if you or DM me on Twitter or Instagram at Brandon Gouton. Um, I would like to hear if you have any ways that, you know, maybe my friends can kind of uh, get some resolution and, and meaningful change and they can actually, you know, improve the things that they reasonably want improved. So there you go. All right. <laughs> I figured it was time to address that. Um, it's okay. been it's been happening for way too long. Anyway, uh, this has been BGN Radio two ninety three, brought to you by Righteous Felon Crafter. You go to righteousfelon.com You use discount code BGN twenty for twenty percent off your order. That's BGN twenty. I can't stress enough. It's going to go back down to BGN fifteen after the holiday season. So you want to do it now. Suck up, baby. In advance. It's time. It's time to go to RighteousSelling.com and use discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order. You will not regret doing it. I feel very confident in saying that. If you want to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to talk to Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com by going to the website or calling or texting this phone number. 856-906-9295. You can follow me, once again, on Twitter, Instagram, at BrandonGouton. Read my work at bleedingyournation.com. Jimmy Kemsky, he's available at phillyvoice.com. You want to follow him on Twitter or Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky, at BGN underscore radio, and at Bleeding Green are the, uh, you know, the website slash podcast accounts associated with this. Leave us a five-star rating and review. We really appreciate those. Get around to reading some of those because we're slacking, maybe. 
And what else? Uh, we will be back with you later in this week to preview the 11-1 and Eagles going up against the Giants who are coming off a tie against the Commanders. So we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, everybody. P-G-N. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.